You're listening to the Mildly Controversial Podcast. My name's Mike and this is Baz. Say hello, Baz. Hello, Baz. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. If you enjoy this, share it with your friends. If you don't like it, share it with people you hate. Coming up on this week's show. The only, only tattoo I've ever covered up is my little ring, so I've got rid of it. And wow. honestly, a lot of people are shocked by that because I've, I've got lots of tats. And why do you think that's the only tattoo I've ever had removed? Because you seriously, every fucker does it. Everyone's got the Olympic rings if they feel and that's why I, I, I didn't want it. Here's the promise then. If Baz gets the Olympic rings tattooed on his, his body... There is no if. Yeah. You promise to come back for another episode of our podpodcast? I'm going to come back anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you oh, shit. Re- Sorry, Baz, but <laughs> yeah. that's all right. It's, it's been agreed. Yeah, it's been agreed. <laughs> when you're on Dictionary Corner, you have a little earpiece cut in, right? When it comes to you and they say, oh, Joe from Middlesbrough, I had a six-letter word, can you do better? And then you always notice the guests of Dictionary Corner suddenly is very intelligent. goes, yeah, you could have had an eight. Sophistication. Say someone's in your ear and they say, if you haven't got anything better, you can have sophistication for an eight. Is eight? I don't know how many letters it is, but whatever. I'm not even counting. We can't talk about your successes all night. Um, <laughs> we can. So, no, well, I mean, we could, but we're not going to because we're the mildly controversial podcast. So we're not going to talk about your successes all night. Um, let's talk about Strictly. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, actually, sorry, b- b- before, before we dive into, into that particular one, so how many? So how do you get approached to, to be involved with all these celebrity things? Because you've done a few now, haven't you? Yeah, probably too many. But yeah, I, th- no. I think. Well, basically, I started get asked to do a bit of t- TV. Never phased me. So you know, I used to do a live interview at the end of a race. I, I used to absolutely love it. You know, to the extent me and Jamie would have a laugh and say, "Well, you got to slip in the word this, or you got to say that." Whereas Roger and Mark was, "Oh, don't be so stupid, grow up." Whereas be, "Ah, oh, we're gonna have a laugh." So I, I always enjoyed television and. I think it came to a stage in my career I was having quite a few injuries and I turned down offers to do programmes and I started to say yes. And then, you know, things like Strictly came about at a time where I was doing quite a lot with the one show on the BBC and bits and pieces of Strictly was the best and the worst thing I've ever done in terms of, oh, let's go there. I went out first and it was heartbreaking, but I was just angry because with a show, you do like a launch show. Then you have week one when no one goes. Then you have week two. So in essence, third week. But my problem was when I did Strictly, I was also doing a BBC documentary and I was doing MotoGP. I was all over the place. And I think the judges got wind of the fact that I, I was all over the place. And for the first week of Strictly, I commuted. This sounds rock and roll, but I commuted from Japan. I was filming a documentary Fuck in Japan yeah. and I literally <laughs> had two days to learn the first dance. Because everyone else had two weeks. And I wasn't the best dancer, clearly wasn't, but I wasn't the worst either. And I think the judges, when I look back at it, were so bloody harsh to me. Because I think, and they didn't help me, Peter Andre had been on Radio 1 and said, oh, you and Thomas is going to have it hard. He's only flying in tomorrow to learn the first dance. And I think the judges have probably thought, oh, he's doing strictly for the money. He's not even taking it seriously. And yeah, I was. Yeah. Truth is, I'd already signed up to do this other documentary where I was in Japan. So... I actually loved Strictly, but going first bloody broke my heart. It honestly did, because I just thought, oh, I'm the sort of person who would have got better if I'd been given the opportunity and, and, and done more training. And I actually maybe was a bit too cocky in my head, thinking, I won't go first. It won't be me. And it was. And yeah, yeah bloody gutted, because I loved it, because it's a great show. It, the, the production of it is like, properly. You had code names and everything. So when you sign up to do the show, you're not allowed to tell 
anyone. And I had a code name. My name was Merlin. So, like, I remember my, my first day for, like, you know, filming the, the credits or getting my sequence sewn on. Taxi turned up and said, I'm here for Merlin. And I went, my mate, my name's Ewan Thomas. Said, no, I'm here for Merlin. Merlin. I went, wink, mate, what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. And I totally forgot my code name. It was so, so much secrecy around it. But it was good. It was, it was great. But as I said, I was just gutted. I went first. Well, do you know what? Don't, don't, be t- don't, don't feel too downhearted because um, uh, in the research for uh, this podcast that uh, I, I did extensively, um, I, I saw that you were beaten by Daniel O'Donnell, yeah. who is, um, I live in Donegal. He is like a legend. He is in a these lovely parts. man. No, he is it, a legend. Yeah, so, so if, you'd, um, if you'd have beaten Daniel O'Donnell, you would have literally had an entire county of this country that I live in hating you. Um, so, um, and, and you would it would have been like, um, if you'd have beaten Daniel O'Donnell, it would have been like punching a kitten. This is true. Because he's, he's such a, it's such a soft, lovely man. And well, if you'd I'm, have beaten him, it wouldn't have been fair. Yeah, I'll make you love him even more. He genuinely is one of the guys I've kept in contact with. We have a little WhatsApp group and... He, he's a, he is such a nice man, like legit. And, and the other one on the program who shocked me, I mean, Jeremy Vine, lovely bloke. But the one person in my year who, at first, I couldn't work him out, thought this can't be real, is Peter Andre. Like, okay. really? So nice to the extent I thought, on day one, I'm like, I'd met him once briefly before, and on day one, I'm like, is he for real? Is he just like... It's just cheese. It, it can't be. It can't do real. And it's, it is. He's so nice. He'd go around and out to everyone, you know, the canteen lady, the cleaner. Hello, Peter Andre, lovely to meet. And it's it just like, it, it, you know, one of those nice people who just is lovely to everyone. Yeah. Unless I've read it wrong, like I spent time with him. I mean, he's just bloody lovely. How like, every, Everyone, I'm trying to think, <laughs> everyone in our year was nice. There was no one trying to think. He was nice. I hate him. <laughs> he had abs and he was nice. Like, hey, he's him. still got abs. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good guy. Just a good guy. Really nice guy. Again, in my research, I found uh, there's another person that's. Um, to be fair, it wasn't hard finding people who beat you in uh, a strip <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> for obvious reasons. But um, somebody who did beat you was Georgia May Foot. Oh, lovely. Right? Who's off Corrie. Yeah. And she's from Berry. So, so there you go. She represented Berry on my behalf, beating you. Um, because you beat me in a 10k uh, no, listen, uh, many years uh, earlier so there you go everyone beat <laughs> everyone lets you beat me I'm I just trying to like, think of any other northerners who beat me on that show to even be on there even for one yeah, you know, for the time you're on is it's still a massive thing because it is like in the very short time it's been around what 10 years or something like 15 years it is a, it's an institution isn't it mm. yeah it's, it's a benchmark if I'm honest with you and, and this might sound arrogant and I don't mean it to but getting off to do it it was like wow I've I've kind of made it I'm respected enough to go on strictly in terms Mm. of you know it is hard to get on it and the best thing and I didn't even ask to go on it it was one of those things where the year everything seemed to be going well you know what life's like when things are going well normally something will come and kick you in the nuts and some shit will happen and it's horrible but that year it was just going really nicely and I I had the call in fact it was weird I remember I was filming this documentary as I was doing and I was filming the segment for it in Turkey and my, I hate the word agent, it's so wanky, but my agent called me up and she goes, don't respond because I know you're being filmed and there's people around. I went, yeah. 
And she went, duh, 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 duh. and I just, I went, what? <laughs> so yeah, they want you, it's done. It's done. I went, I was like, wow. And I couldn't contain my excitement because Granny's like it, my parents like it, mm. people respect it. Oh, and it's just I one like of those it. programs yeah. where, you know, if you get on that, you've done all right. I obviously did do all right when I got on it, but getting on it, I did all right. Yeah. <laughs> but, but do you know what? The thing that, that, there's a couple of things that you've said tonight is that, like, that, you know, the, um, that you are of that level of status, celebrity, call it what you want. Uh, I know you're, you're too humble to admit, but you are at that level of status and celebrity uh, that you get called to go on to Strictly. But like you said earlier, you had three years of your professional athlete career when you were at your peak, and then you were kind of off that. So that shows that you must have offered something more and... I mean, you mentioned before about how you, you were recognisable, obviously, because, you know, there's not many white, red-haired lads at that absolute peak of 400-metre running and, and and things like that. So it's, it, it's, it's, um, it's something I think you should be really proud of. In yeah. That, you, you know, you, you had three years at the peak, but you've shown things there that have that. elevated you from... Um, yeah. other people in terms of your uh, your character, your personality, um, that have elevated you out of this three years at the peak. I know you had a career mm. longer than three no, years. No, I get it. Three genuine years at the peak. I'm, I'm always, you've yeah. kind of elevated out of that, that people, people obviously like you, people recognise you, and to be able to um, have a career... Um, that, that that has come from that is mm. is, is I, well, I think it's something you should be proud of. Oh, thank you. I, I I get kind of embarrassed about it, but one time someone talked to me when I was walking my dog, and they they, they paid me the, the biggest compliment ever, and they said you're all right, you are, and I said oh thank you. He said nice <laughs> to meet you, Mister One Percent, and I went what? He said you you you're one percent of one percent. I said oh, what do you mean by that? He said well, you think about the amount of people who try try and make it and make it. At the elite level of sport, it's probably one percent population. He said, like you, he said, you only had a few good years. Who out of that one percent, twenty years later, is still kind of relevant enough that they get asked mm. TV shows and work? He said, it's probably you, Colin Jackson, Denise Lewis. You know, he said, yeah. you should be really proud of of what you you achieved, and and you've just said it, and it it, it does make me proud, especially now that I'm older and I'm a dad, because I think when life's going well, you take things for granted. So like. You know, the 1996, 97, you know, 98, you know, I got the MBE. I had a Madame Tussauds waxwork for fuck's sake. I mean, all those kind of things. I was just like, oh, that's cool. Because I thought it was going to last forever. I thought I'd have 10 years of being a good athlete. And I didn't. So I, I, I thank you very much for first and foremost for what you said. But, you know, it, it does now as I'm older make me quite proud to think perhaps I was good or perhaps I did bring joy to people's lives or you know perhaps i did leave my mark because those three years doesn't really doesn't really show that i should still have relevance now there's other great athletes who've been since me in the 400 or other events who who don't really do much work and are known still so no i, I am very very grateful for the platform that athletics gave me and the fact that i had three good years i used to be really bitter about it i used to think why me you know my body's let me down there i only had three years there's cheating wankers out there who, who take drugs or whatever and get back from injuries quicker, which I never would have jumped at doing. But then I actually now think 
well, at least I had three years, you know, you know some yeah, people yeah. never even get a chance to realize their potential. So for all the years where, and I had dark years, I had lots of depression and, and what am I going to do with my life and a lot of anger towards my, my sport and my body for letting me down. But now I'm a bit older and I look back, I think I'm so grateful for those three years because because it's given me everything. I have this theory about, so, you know, like actors that you see in everything, you know, that the Eddie Marzans and the people that get invited to do, you know, loads of different films. I think they get those jobs because, A, they're easy to work with and they just come in and do a job. And I'm guessing that, like, because, you know, you, you, you've been around a bit now, you know, it's been 25 years since, not you were at your peak, but, you know, from your yeah. sort of record rate, but to be around this, this amount of time later... There must be a reason that you, you're, you're either easy to work with or you just, you know, because that's what people want. They don't, you know, they don't want some prima donna to rock in there and sort of turn, you know, turn up and like dictate to them what's going on. So I'm guessing that you, you must give people what they want. I, I hope so. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, I've never, I, I listen, I genuinely am exactly the same as I was when I was a 14 year old kid. And I think it's important, like, all my mates are just regular geezers, you know, like my mate Gumbo cuts across the council, my mate Tim's a taxi driver, my best mate Steve's a fireman, I don't have show busy mates, I don't, I'm not interested in that life, if I like someone, I like someone, I don't care how yeah. successful the world deems you are or you're not, and I think perhaps that's kept me quite grounded, and, and as you said, I'd like to think I, I am easy to work with, and, and it's a small world and the industry talks, but you know, maybe combine that with the fact that I ran bloody fast 25 years ago. So whatever it is, I'm really grateful. I know it won't last forever. And I'm not as busy as I was, definitely. I'm not as busy as I was five years ago, but I'm busy enough that keeps me happy. And actually, I've got a really nice work-life balance at the moment with being at home with the kids and, and working when I need to. You know, and, and, and I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy what I do. And there's been times over the years where I've done TV work, which looking back, I wish I hadn't. I call it. I call it Scotland 500 because, you know, back in the day, if the one show would phone me up and goes, we need you in Scotland tomorrow, we've got you a higher car, you know, we'll pay you 500, I'll, I'll do it, I'll do it. Because yeah, if yeah, I don't yeah. do it, someone else will do it. If, it. if it's not me, they'll ask another athlete or an ex-Olympian mm. to do it. Whereas now, I'm in a position where I kind of do work that I want to do because I want to do it. And I'm not chasing me, I was thinking about tomorrow because I've, I've, I've worked hard so I don't have to work so for tomorrow if that makes sense yeah, yeah. Because before I'd say yes to everything because I thought that, that might be my last TV job ever yeah I'll do it I'll do it you know there's, there's so many shows I've done where I think I look back now I, think, I shouldn't have done that but we, you know we learn from my Which mistakes and, <laughs> yes. well not, not so much I'm just trying to say <laughs> come on now you can't say I'm that just, and then not actually, name names I'm, I'm going to name a show and actually it's a shit example because I loved it it was brilliant have you seen it? Have you heard of a program called Release the Hounds? Like something. Like, have you seen that yes. show? Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Another reality show where I did it. I thought, what have I done that for? And actually, it was fucking brilliant. It was filmed in like I think Lithuania in the deepest forest somewhere where you're getting chased. It and actually they film it when you chase by the dogs at about three in the morning. So you're in a little caravan in the woods being held hostage and blindfolded. It's fucking hardcore. Then they wake you up at three o'clock and you got to sprint your ass off. She's getting chased by bloody Alsatians or whatever. But, you know, they, I came back I'm from not that. Gonna, I'm not making fun of that. I'm going to have to stop you there. You've cool. got a big fucking advantage on that bit. 
you've got a head start anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've got a massive advantage yeah, yeah. on that. I think that's the, the whole point they've of got it. other people there. <laughs> they've got other people on that show that are fucking TV personalities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You've got form. Yeah, you had the big fella well, from the chase. Uh, he, he had no chance, did he? So. Yeah, I, did it, I, I, did it with, I did it with Jamie Bulsh, and he went before me, and he got, caught by, sake, do- yeah. he got caught by the dogs. I didn't. But yeah, no, yeah. Now, this, I've done so many reality shows or different TV shows, but I've always done them for a reason with, with the right intentions at heart. You know, at the time, as I said, I thought it could be the last one, but yeah, fingers crossed I've done something right. Do you know what? You, you've earned all that. Like I say, we keep, I, I keep banging on and look, um, I make no apologies for blowing smoke up your ass by saying the fact that you, you've, you've taken a three year career effectively some people could have just gone oh fucking hell that's all i wanted to do do you know what i mean that that's all i wanted to do i was at the peak for three years and then i tried to come back came back did a bit and then came back and did a bit but i never achieved what i did in that three years and like you say you had dark moments so there were a lot of people who just fell into a pit of despair and gone fucking hell that's all i worked at for all my life but um for whatever reason it is, you've turned that into a career that has lasted 25 years. Yeah, I'm quite ambitious, so I'm, yeah, I'm quite ambitious and like, I'm a grafter. I think the athletics taught me nothing comes for free and nothing's easy, mm. you know. And yes, I've had some, maybe some lucky opportunities in TV to do things or whatever, but I worked really hard for those three good years and I've kind of, I've earned my strikes with the TV. Like, I talk about all these shows, which maybe I should have done, but maybe I should have done them and maybe I did them and maybe it's taught me a lot about myself and, you know, how to act around people in television. You know, like you said, you get found out if you're a dickhead, people won't want to work with you again. So, you know, I, I, and I also never, ever want to sit still. I always want to try and better myself. And I always, I know it's dickish, but I want to be the best version of myself, whatever I do. So if I am doing MasterChef, I'm not the best cook in the world, but I want to leave that show looking in the mirror going, fuck me, you gave it everything. You really focused and you were determined, and you, you prepped, and, and, and that's what I do. So, you know, I'm, I'm hosting a business awards tomorrow night. I, I've done, I've done my prep, and I will work hard, and I'll rehearse tomorrow when I get there. I just don't want to rock up and be shit at what mm. I do. I want to try and be as good as I can be, and I, I try and install that. Although my kids are too young, but I do try and teach them already about, you know, being being the best that they can be. And you're gonna have days when they're naughty at school, but don't dwell on it. You know, work hard and try and be better. And that's, and that's how my dad was with me. My dad was very strict. He, he was military, ex-military, and, you know, nothing was ever good enough because he wanted me to be better. And, and I, I, respect, I respect him for that. Do, do you know what? The, the, there's definitely something in it. Because like I said, I mentioned earlier on in the podcast that um, my wife was very close to um, achieving Commonwealth, uh, Commonwealth Games. And, um, and she has got a phenomenal work ethic. And like you said, I, I think that's what it does. So all the, I mean, she was a swimmer as well. So like, you you, you must know from like Commonwealth Games and, uh, and Olympics and that that the swimmers are insane for their work ethic. Yeah. I mean, she would go, she'd swim two or three hours before school, go to school, swim two or three hours after school, and all that kind of stuff. And you do that for years and years and years. At the time, it was an amateur sport, and it was like you get paid fuck all for this. But it, so. That instilled a massively, um, like a, a, an incredible work ethic yeah. in her. And I think it's you're right. Mindset. I think that's where that's yeah. come from. That's come from, I want to be the best I want to do. 
And even though you only had that three years where you were at the peak of what you were doing, for the rest of your life, that has set you up for the rest of your life to yeah. be the best at what you're going to do. I've got, I've got a, one mate in particular who's a successful entrepreneur. You know, he's done really well for himself. And you know, I, I think there's no coincidence. Like sports people, if they decide to go in the real world in the business world, do very, very well as well because it is that work ethic and it's that ruthlessness as well. You've got to almost be. You have got to be a, a, a bit of a wanker and be really, really self-centered to be good in sport. You really do. It's all about me, me, me. It has to be because that's that's a short-lived career. And I think you know you you could take a lot of those good points and maybe arguably bad points to be successful in sport, to be successful in life. And it's the same as anything, isn't it? You get out what you put in. Unless you are very, very fortunate, you'll soon get caught out. You have to work hard to mm. be good at whatever you do. You know, I'll blow spoke at Baz's eyes. You know, but. But your social media, I freaking love it, you know. And what you do might be easy for you, the way you do your transitions and however you film it. I, I watch some of your stuff and I'm like, how did he do it? And you're clearly good at what you do and you make it look easy, but I bet it takes hours and hours to, it to, does, to, but I to make a reel. You know? When you were just saying that you do prep for stuff, I thought Mike was going to was going to out me because like, I basically do fuck all prep for this show. I just... <laughs> I just put some rum in a glass and turn up and just, oh, what are we doing? And, yeah. So, but yeah, no, it is funny. But then, your strength, but then your strength powers will be you're good with people. You're good at communicating. You're good at getting the best out of others. You don't necessarily have to prep for that. That's yeah, just yeah. naturally something you have. People have different attributes and different strengths, don't they? And, you know, don't get me wrong. There's, there's stuff I don't prep for and I, and I blag it and I do all right. But it's only because I've got the charm or the ability to read the room or whatever it might be. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think... We all get given a bit of a, a lucky break, perhaps, in life. Not everybody, but if you do get that opportunity. But you've got at least, you know, if you hadn't told me that, I would have thought you'd prepped all afternoon for this. So you've uh, blown, no, your, no, you've blown no. your cover, but I'm lying. you make I, it look I, easy. I, I, I'm lying. I did for this one because I, I think... He's it, definitely <laughs> prepped for this because he's coming up with stuff and like, hold on a minute, I've prepped and I didn't know that. No, no, no. But in, <laughs> in, but in fairness, you, in fairness, you and the, a lot of the guests we, we've had of the Robbie... Like the, you know, we have a lot of sort of social social media. We've had a lot of social media guests on people that are sort of big on social media and mm. you know and have big numbers. But there's there's a different kind of thing. Is like you know there's there, there's actual lots of stuff written about you. And I was I was quite surprised when I was looking through like I've, I've had a really interesting website which which is dedicated to you and it and had a really good bio and obviously about the bmx stuff and then you know even down to all of the injuries that you'd suffered over the years. And I was like. If I try to find out something like this about you know the people we'd had on, th there isn't stuff written about you know quite quite a lot of detail about you. But, but I think it goes to show you that like because you're in that sort of like golden era of the time you were, and yeah, as Mike said, it's quite a short period of time that you were at the top of your game. But I think it's because you were at the top of your game. It's like you know, so people are still interested in the fact that you were in a, in a good era of runners. You know, in in that you know in that part of you know that that part of history and you know 25 well, years later and you know i had this thing i was i had a bit of a gathering here uh, last weekend and i was saying that you know that you were coming on the podcast and i said yeah do you, you know you and thomas do you remember him? And like, everybody was yeah 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 so it, oh, which is nice. well no it is nice because it's one of those things yeah, what, you, every, what you haven't what you haven't added everyone yeah i remember him. what a prick <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you know what? That, well, that's the thing. Is like it, it, today, I was having this conversation with two of my kids, and they're uh, thirteen and sixteen. And in the in the modern world, famous technically, me and Baz are probably more famous than you. 
because yeah. we've got bigger numbers on social media, sure. which means fuck all to the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, but it's like exactly. young it's people. But young people, it's like, oh well, you're that that person's famous because they've got that number next to the name, and that person, like, whether it be on YouTube, t- TikTok, Instagram, whatever. But I said to my son, I said, if you took a picture of um, the person who is like the lead guy on Dude Perfect, who've got. 52 million on YouTube and are literally technically one of the most well-known people in the world. If you took a picture of that person and a picture of you around the UK and you showed it to people from 18 to 60, 80% of people would know you versus 20 of them. You know what I mean? And that's that, that, that's that's what celebrity is yeah. in real yeah. life. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But the new generation are like, oh, kind of like, oh, if they ain't got the numbers, they're not famous. I, I don't get nervous before my podcast, but I said to I said to the kids, I'm quite nervous tonight because he's 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 more famous than anyone we've had on before. And Miss Almost going, oh no, such and such has got two million subscribers. I. Like, you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. more people know who Ewan is than know who that is. It doesn't matter what number of subscribers they've got. It's weird, isn't it? You, you think there was no social media when I was around. Nowadays, as you said, it's so different. And this is not knocking it because I know what gamers can earn and I know what YouTube, mm. YouTubers yeah. earn. And, and, and it is a way of life and there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, it strikes me back in our day, you had to be successful at something to be yes, famous, you know, yeah, yeah. be it in sport, be it in business, be it on television, whatever it is. Now, you can go Love Island and get shagged on Love Island. You've got a million followers the next morning. Well, you know, it's, 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 just, it's weird. Can I? I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> but it, but it, it's, it's so different. And I, and I think what worries me sometimes is, listen, and, and this is hand on heart, I would have run for absolutely nothing. I wouldn't give a shit if it was on TV. I just wanted to be faster than everyone else. It's simple as that. The, the perks that come with it were a bonus. But I think, and what I worry about is the new generation, is people want to be and, yeah. the, and, and for the wrong reasons. You know, they'll do they, anything to be famous. Yeah, and, and they don't realise it's got its pitfalls as well. It's not all it's crap all the time. You know, but want something for the right reasons because you want to be successful at it. You want to be the best YouTuber. You want to be the best gamer or whatever it is. Don't, don't do it because you want to people to know you know do you know what i mean it, yeah, it, yeah. It, wor- it worries me it worries me for this generation you know you know like i said baz about you know social media whatever the numbers yeah to a lot of people it's really important but people use that as a comparison like like you said like you said your kids are like, but oh and he's only got x amount of followers you've had so and so on but what worries me is people think that is the normal and you have to look a certain way because instagram tells you that or you have yeah. to go on three holidays a year to be deemed as successful and and it worries me the pressure that youngsters are on nowadays because they have to try and conform and 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 keep keep up with the joneses you know i also think it's become uh, this is a bit of a gloomy sort of thing as well as i think it's become one of those things where if people are on the verge of being famous or you know or you know well known for what they do there's also that question from agents and and people and you know uh, and sponsors now going well uh, yeah how many followers do you have on social media yeah. So, you know, it tends to be you're, you're going to end up with people, not substandard, but like, but people have bigger fo- social media followings are going to get a leg up over people who have no following but are genuine, you know, genuine talent. Because I can imagine, you know, you know, that comparisons that someone who just worked every day at the track or, you know, or with a coach and then other people I, that had more high profile, 
the, the person with a high profile who might not be as good is going to get the leg up just because you know it looks good for sponsors and stuff like that, and that's worrying, yeah. well, isn't it? That's what I used to love about um, athletics. The stopwatch doesn't lie. You know, it's, it's there in black and white. The selectors don't have to necessarily like you. You don't have to be the most popular person, but it's that stopwatch shows I've run quicker than you and I've won the race. I've got to be selected. And yeah. That's why sport in many ways is brilliant, but it's brutal as well because if you're injured, you know, it's, t- it's tough. Yeah. It's a very lonely sport, but it's not subjective. It's not down to someone's opinion on you. It's down to... How quick is he? Quicker than the others. Get him on the plane. He's running for Britain. And that's how it was. But t- talking about that, that quickness as well, is that what, why do you think it took 25 years for someone to, 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 to beat your record? Because that's a long time. That's 20. Yeah. You know, there's Did, how, many, how many sort of British runners in that time you yeah. know, the, yeah, were good enough to get up there, but, but just never did it? Well, this will be controversial, but I, I think. I think the lottery, in many ways, it's been brilliant for sport, but also I think some athletes, it's it's taken away their hunger in terms of we didn't have funding. So me, Roger, Jamie, Mark, we had to get medals at major championships to get our individual sponsorship to survive, to earn, to, to thrive. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of athletes over the last 10 or 15 years are a little bit soft. I don't think they train as hard as we did. It's all become very scientific. All their watch tells them they haven't recovered much last night. I'm oh, sorry, coach. I don't think I can train that hard today. Whereas in my day, it was your fucking run, six three hundred until you puke up. There was no, you know, scientific, you must be eating this, you must be doing that. Yeah, yeah. We were hardcore and we wanted it and I was desperate to be the best. So I would push myself probably further than my body could go. Whereas I think a lot of modern day athletes, because they've got all the research to tell them, or oh, you shouldn't be doing this. You've done two art sessions in a week. Take it easy. They've, they've almost become a little bit accustomed to softness. Whereas we were, we were hard bastards. We were. Maybe they're training for a 15, 20 year career. Which yeah. in yeah, football, maybe. in football makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in athletics, if your objective is to get world records and get the best times, you're not just beating people now. You're beating people forever. Yeah, with with records. No, so that's a good that's a good point, and I'll, I'll just quickly say on that. Yeah, you know, with hindsight, I probably trained too hard, and that's probably why my body only had three winters, three good summers because it had had enough. And if I had a crystal ball, would I change that? Would I have changed three? Would I have trained half as hard, knowing I'd have six years? If I'm honest, I don't think I would. I, mm. I, I think things are meant to happen, but there is an argument, and you are correct you know, look after your body and you'll be around for a lot longer. Whereas in my day, it was, no, it's all about now. It's all about this race next week and trying to beat Johnson and, and do whatever we had to do. So, yeah, it's, it, I think sport has become a little bit different. Well, I, I think it proved that, that, you that you know, purely the fact that the record stood for so long is that you put everything on the line at that point. You know, because arguably, like, in theory, athletes should get quicker and quicker yeah. year on year because of science, because of training. I yeah. thought my record would have gone years and years ago, but I think also it's a credit to my domestic rivals, I think. As I said earlier, if 44-7 would have made me the European record holder, then maybe by I only would have run that quick. But yeah. I had to run 44-3 to beat Mark Richardson. So you know, if I hadn't had that rivalry, perhaps I wouldn't have run that quick and the record wouldn't have been around for so long. Who knows? Well... I mean, it's there's a there's a point of which like uh, so who's the current uh, British record holder? Yeah, a guy called Matt Hudson Smith. Yeah, so I saw that like yeah, 
if we if we're doing a podcast with him in twenty five years, he'll have he'll have done the right thing. But I don't think we will. <laughs> no, I don't. yeah. No, we'll have to <laughs> well, wait and see. Listen, while we're talking about him, this is one thing I wanted to ask you: is um, you set a record in nineteen ninety seven, um, and it was broken in twenty twenty two. What were your emotions when that record was broken in twenty twenty two? I wanted to ask this as well. Yeah, truthfully. It was a massive weight off my shoulders. Oh, really? This is going really? yeah. to sound me weird saying it, but I had it hanging over me everywhere I went. It was our you and Thomas British record holder, or, you know, even with my mic, the job I do, the voice of God, please welcome former European Commonwealth champion, the British record holder. And it was almost like someone please beat it because <laughs> as a lover of my sport, I wanted, I wanted it to move on. On a selfish note, half of me, of course, the arrogance, I loved it. No one's ever run quicker than me mm. on the British record audit. So on one hand, I was very, very proud of that. But on the other hand, it let me draw a line underneath my career. It let me say goodbye to it. I'm not an athlete anymore. I was a very good athlete. I'm now fucking good dad. Yeah, my life's moved on. It's moved on. And like when Matt broke it, honestly, it was like, thank God, about time. And that's how I kind of felt about it, truthfully. <laughs> that's brilliant, and and obviously with doing the trackside stuff that you do, you've you know you've spent time with him. You know, you must know him. Yeah, very so, much. So, um, what was um, what was the conversation when you when he broke the first time you saw him after he broke it? I, I gave him a hug, and then and then he went on to get a world bronze uh, at Eugene last year, and. I broke track etiquette and my, my job is stay where I am until I just dropped my mic and ran and hugged him. Genuinely, I was buzzing for him. I was really proud because he, he's, had, he's had quite a tough time with injuries and he's very, he's very different to me. I don't know how to say it politely. Not, I'm not even being in. He's just, he's a little bit different to me in terms of, I think he's still learning the event. I truly think every time he runs, he's, he's quite sporadic. One day he'll run really quick. The next day he'll run slower. Then another day ago, how, how, how have I done that? It, it doesn't, in my mind, break down the race. As He's not a scholar of the event, I don't think, as I was, as Roger Black was. He's just raw talent, and I love that mm. about him. And he's going to run even quicker. So genuinely, I was buzzing for him when he, when he got that record. Was there, was there ever a, a thought about, like, coaching? No, I don't think so. I don't really, I don't really have the time to coach. I, I, I help a couple of athletes like on the end of the phone, and I try and give them advice what I can. But to be a coach, you've got to give it. It's everything. It's not a job. It's a passion. It's something you do. Well, it is a job now, but it, it wouldn't be for me. It's not something I'd want any financial rewards for. I just want if there was a local kid to me who, who would have to give me the commitment that I gave it, I'd coach them. But my fear is I'd get someone who's a bit soft and like, oh, I can't train today. My legs are a bit tight and I, I couldn't have that. I'd be too tough as a coach. I'd expect <laughs> I'd expect everything. Do you know, I, I've got, um, I have a, obviously, um, uh, the podcast being the podcast, I have a mildly controversial opinion about athletics. And I think it ties in a little bit, and I'm not push, putting pressure on you to agree with this, by the way. Then it ties in a little bit with you explaining why your your record lasted for so long. Um, and my mildly controversial opinion about athletics is um, people shouldn't get Olympic tattoos unless they've won a medal. 
Very Big. funny you mentioned that. The <laughs> only, only tattoo I've ever covered up is my little ring, so I've got rid of it. And wow. honestly, a lot of people are shocked by that because I've I've got lots of tats on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got a t-shirt so, underneath there. You say that, basically, yeah. yeah. My first ever tattoo was the Olympic rings, and I got it when I came back from Atlanta. In fact, I got and I got selected for Atlanta. I went to a tattoo place called Tattoo Magic in Southampton. I went, I'm going to the Olympics. Can you tattoo the Olympic rings? And fair play, the guy went, No, I'm not doing it. You come back from the Olympics and then tell me you still want that tattoo, and I'll do it. I came back with my medal went. There's me fucking want for a tattoo. I've got a medal. Anyway, I'll and do it. The, the mildly controversial view on this is that if, you, if you've been to the Olympics but didn't win a medal, you come back and you tattoo the Olympic rings on you, you've tattooed the Olympic rings on you celebrating the same number of medals that I've got. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, Do you know what? what I mean? And I know uh, clearly no. that I've, I've, I've phrased it like that to no, be no, no. controversial. But I'm just, I think, um, and again, I'm, <laughs> funnily enough, I'm no fucking expert in elite sport, but <laughs> I'm thinking that I don't think any Australians would do that, right? No. Because the Aussies are just fiercely competitive and as a nation, for the number of for, for the population they've got, I think I might be wrong, but I think they are they overachieve for the population yeah, that they've 100%. got right? because they are getting to the Olympics. Fuck all, pal. You know, in Australia, it's like get to the Olympics it means fuck all. Come back with a we've got uh, with a medal. Yeah, fair play. And I think that is um, it. It kind of ties in a little bit to the stuff you were saying. Is that these days they're like people look after themselves. They don't push themselves to the absolute limit. So if you see that qualifying for the olympics is an achievement and you've got a tattoo or you've got a tattoo or thinking about getting a tattoo because you've qualified for the olympic games you've achieved your goal mm. you might as well so, fucking go on mike i totally totally agree for some people that that is their, their end game just to make the team but with no disrespect to them why do you think that's the only tattoo i've ever had removed curse you seriously, every fucker does all. You know, like you, you go to Olympics. Not everyone, because clearly not everyone goes to Olympic games yeah. and that sells blase. But everyone's got the Olympic rings if they've been, and that's why I, I, I didn't want it. I didn't want. I had it. M maybe one day I'll have it again, but I'll have it discreet, really tiny somewhere. But um, yeah, it became the tattoo. I didn't want it to define me. Um, in terms of, yeah, like I said, been to Olympics. I got a medal, so I, I deserve to have that tattoo on my body if I wanted to. And everyone's got their own right. It's a big we're going to get a tattoo, but I totally agree with you. For me, I'm not saying you see them everywhere, but you see them a lot now, and I'm like, I'm not having it. So then mine's gone. I've uh, I, I said to Mike that I, once on here that I would get anything tattooed. So I think now that I'm friends with you, I think I'm going to get the Olympic rings tattooed. Why don't you get? Why don't you just get four out of the five Olympic rings? You don't quite deserve all five. Chatted, so no, do you know what? Baz, Baz, I challenge you now to get the Olympic rings tattooed on you because. In our view, and I think we're agreed, you deserve it as much as anybody who went to the Olympics but didn't get a medal. Okay. <laughs> I guarantee, I'm saying this on the podcast now, I'm going to get them done. This is brilliant! <laughs> I will do. <laughs> well, honestly, I, and then, I, I, and then, I said... And then we'll have a, we'll have a solo together and, and we'll do a caption, spot the Olympic. You can have the Olympic chatter. And this is like. incredible. This is incredible. <laughs> I love what's happened here this evening. I love that oh. that has happened. Well, this is what I love about tattooing. If you get the Olympic rings in, what will I have to do? I'll have to get a little tattoo of a beer bottle or something somewhere. 
Yes, you we can have a role reversal. <laughs> I'm going to have to come with you when they get the Olympic rings tattooed. I think, yeah, yeah. I think we have to film. Yeah, it. <laughs> there are some good tattooists in Southampton as well. So yeah, I'll come down there and get it done. Honestly, Mate. that was a weird thing that happened tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so here's here's the promise then. If Baz gets the Olympic rings tattooed on no his, his body, yeah. you promise to come back for another episode of our podcast. I want to come back anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, Baz, but that's <laughs> yeah. it. It's, it's been agreed. Yeah, it's been agreed. <laughs> You're making me feel guilty. Maybe I should get the Olympic rings done at the same time as well. Maybe oh, I should get put back on this. Now side. that, now that is gold. Yeah. Like, you both get them. Baz gets them done to prove the triviality of having the um, Olympic rings, and you have them done next to him. But do you know what? You need to colour one of them in in silver. And I'm sure you can't tattoo silver, but do you know what I mean? You, can, you, can. you, you need can. to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, yeah. yeah there you yeah. go. You that's have one good. of the rings that's done good. in silver to make a difference. That's great. So I could have, yeah, get the tattoo rings. I said one of them in silver. One of them, that one of them nice. silver. Yeah? Nice. I love this. I love this, by the way. I, I'm, I genuine, this, I'm genuine, by the way. I don't, I, I, I'm no false promises yet. I will get that tattoo done. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and, and I know you don't care, but I'm genuine as well. That I'm gonna get on a plane, they'll come down and join in as well. And fuck it, I'll get some tattooed. Well, I'll have to bring my daughter's a tattooist, so I'll have to bring her, oh, and no, she'll no. have to do mine. In fact, fuck it, I, I know it's just she does all three of our tattoos. <laughs> and that's it, deal. Absolute no. deal. It's done. <laughs> oh Jesus! Right, I've, got, I've, I've, I've visibly and audibly got very overexcited about that. So, so, so to, just, just so you know, that we're, we're that involves us having a night out in Manchester. Oh no! Oh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. There's a night out in Manchester going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to have I don't know what tattooed on me. Baz is going to have the Olympic rings tattooed on him to show the futility of Olympic tattoos. Do and it. then Ewan is going to have a tattoo of the Olympic rings back onto his body because he's proud again with a silver one in there. It's a, we've made a promise. <laughs> we've made a promise. It has to happen, lads. Let's do it. Right. Do it. Oh, blimey. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> anyway, the next thing I wanted to ask you about was you being in fucking Dictionary Corner on um, on Countdown. Oh, That's yeah. That's not interesting anymore. <laughs> But, but but to be fair, uh, when I went on um, Wikipedia, it said this. This is where it gets interesting. I went on Wikipedia and it said in February twenty seven, uh, you and Thomas was a guest on Dictionary Corner on Countdown, and it said brackets citation needed. Can you citate that? Can you be the citation? Did that happen? Did what happen? It said yeah. Go on. It said that you were a guest on Dictionary Corner on Countdown. Yeah. This, this, is this is correct. This is correct. I'm just thinking whether I can give away a trade secret or not. Oh, go on then. <laughs> when you're on Dictionary Corner, you have a little earpiece cut in, right? When it comes to you and they say, oh, Joe's from Middlesbrough, I had a six-letter word, can you do better? And then you always notice the guest on Dictionary Corner suddenly is very intelligent. goes, yeah, you could have had an eight, sophistication or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Basically, yeah. someone's in your ear and they say, if you haven't got anything better... You can have sophistication for an eight. Is eight? I don't know how many letters that is, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm not even counting. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. if it is, that's brilliant to just come up with that off the top of your head. S O P H I. It's longer, isn't it? Yeah, it's about. Yeah. Sophisticate. Anyway, it was sophisticate. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, yeah. So basically, you you get the opportunity to come up with something, and Susie Dent will point out something in Dictionary to help you. But you come across my mum and dad's phoned me up after I was on it. And went, oh, you did really well. You got an eight-letter word. I went, yeah, I know it did. <laughs> did you, you should go on it. You're really good. You're beating him. <laughs> Listen, uh, thanks so much, Ewan, for your time. Really, really appreciate it. We've had a great, uh, we've had a great chat, and um, we've heard some brilliant stuff. And uh, it's not been the usual um, interviews you might have got elsewhere. And I think we've got not the usual answers we've really got <laughs> elsewhere as well. So, 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 it. so it's, it's been I really appreciate um, you. Uh, your time really appreciate you uh, being open with us and i really appreciate you um, agreeing to be tattooed hundred date by my daughter when the three of us meet up in manchester <laughs> and i've literally never been so excited about anything other than christmas when i was about seven so that is 100 percent going to happen so uh, so yeah. so before we go um I'm going to give Baz the opportunity to ask the last question. Well, no, it's, because yeah. because you know what? It's I used to always give Baz the opportunity to la ask the last question. Then I came up with this Alan Partridge thing of and on that bombshell we end the show, and it kind of cut off Baz's thing. Yeah. So forevermore, it's going to be on that bombshell. We didn't do a bombshell this yeah. week, but anyway. And on that bombshell, it's all we got time for this week. Over to Baz for the last question. So it's, it's, it's more just because now you've got an interest in social media, because this is obviously how we've met. Um, where can people find you and what have you got coming up next? I know it's a big question, but it's like, so yeah, give out your socials, to, you know, because I think it's one of those things where if people know you but don't know that you're on social media, because you're on Instagram and yeah. obviously on Facebook, and, but you're mainly on Instagram these days, right? Yeah, just Instagram, really. I don't even use Twitter much anymore. I think it's been vile, but... Um, we need to get you, you on TikTok, by the way, so... Oh. oh yeah, you and oh my battery's gonna type. You and runner I am. So I W A N I can spell my name, R W A N Runner. Um what what I'm I'm always up for fun stuff. Not with that stuff mainly. But yeah. But yeah. Baz, me and you are gonna do something on Instagram soon. Yes, apart from sure. getting the tattoos done. We've got to do one of your crazy transitions. But yeah, it it'd be it's been a pleasure to be on. I can't wait to see you both again. Getting tattooed and uh, I would love to come on anytime you want me back on this podcast. I'd love to come back on. Oh, thank thanks. you for making it enjoyable. Well, I've loved it. <laughs> oh, Ewan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your kind words there. And um, everyone would have been expecting, um, as when we get a guest on, everyone would have been expecting us to ask you for mildly controversial opinions. But we have literally run out of time for two podcasts here because <laughs> we've had so much fun. We'll get you back on again and it'll be... We don't talk about you. We just go straight into the mildly controversial opinions. Sounds good. I'll be back on. Maybe that first controversial opinion was, should we have let your daughter tattoo us? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer would be, probably not. And on that bombshell, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, you in again. And um, really looking forward to meeting up and getting tattooed which is not something i thought i would agree with tonight but i apparently did <laughs> anyway um thanks uh, thanks baz thanks you and um thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time thank you very much goodbye <laughs> what Brilliant. was that noise baz i don't know i'm playing some american accent for when we get i was expecting goodbye but <laughs> grrr, it'll be enough mike yeah do you think anyone's still listening I don't know, probably not.
If they are, where can they find us? Thanks for asking, Baz. That's a great question. The best way to find us is to go to the website at daddancer.co.uk forward slash podcast and the links to everything are there.